Hello and welcome to the CISS podcast. This is the On the Spot series by China Forum. In this series, we return to the platform of international forums and webinars, where leading minds in academia, government, business, technology, and media deliver novel, collaborative responses to the global issues of the day. Welcome to the CISS podcast on the Spot series. I'm Han Hua, Chinese defense and security expert Zhou Bo says. China is not seeking the Western pattern of democracy. Senior Colonel Zhou Bo shared his view during the 11th Asian Conference of the Waldai Discussion Club last December. In the session titled "The Shock of 2020: What We Lost and What We Gained in International Relations," Zhou Bo gave his insights on international security situation and the major power competition. If we look at the international security, normally we would consider there are two types of threats. One is traditional threats, and the other is non-traditional threats. The pandemic is, of course, a kind of a non-traditional threat. But if we look at how it has already taken the life of 1.5 million people, certainly it's much, much more lethal or potent even than a major war. That means we should actually attach more importance to what seems to be. Kind of a minor, a trivial threats at a time when all people around the world should be united, but the United States still would consider we have entered an era of major power competition in which the United States has taken China and Russia as a top strategic competitor. I believe it is actually the disillusion of the United States with its own narcissism. Because the United States and some Western countries wrongly believe that eventually China would become one of the Western democracies, but they see China getting stronger without it becoming a democracy or Western type of democracy. It's not how the world should look like, but how the world is like. The world is always like in the past. A combination of different culture, different religion, different social systems. So you should not believe that、uh, the world is simply a liberal international order that started right after Second World War and has spanned for 75 years. Why? Because if you believe the world is kind of a liberal international order, then how do we explain the、uh, independence of、uh, 50 African countries? Then how would you interpret the rivalry between the two camps led by Soviet Union and the United States? Then how would you interpret the rise of China? Just three examples are enough to show that the international order is never liberal international order. At the same time, such major events certainly have reshaped international order. I believe. That China and Russia's veto power at the UN Security Council definitely matter tremendously to the international security. If you decide the world into two parts, one is authoritarian regimes and democracy, then China's rise would be too difficult for them to swallow. So, therefore, the real challenge of China to the West is not ideological; it's psychological. It is how a so-called authoritarian state like China could develop so fast. China's reform has changed China, but also the rest of the world. And finally, a bit about the China-U.S. relationship. According to Financial Times, the European Union called on the United States to cease 
a once-in-a-generation opportunity to form a new global alliance to meet the so-called strategic challenge presented by China. I would argue this is easier said than done, because if you like to look at Americans' allies or partners, you would conclude, be it Western allies or Asian allies, they are all China's largest trading partners. When asked whether China recognizes that neighboring countries have growing concerns about the so-called Chinese coercion, Zhou Bo said, "Really, in China, that ordinary people would consider the other way round. If you look at uh, China's behavior, China actually has uh, provided medical support to 170 countries around the world throughout the pandemic. So, if China wants to be coercive, aggressive." This would become self-contradictory. If we are talking about、uh, China's problem with some ASEAN claimants, we are still in talks with ASEAN countries about a code of conduct in the South China Sea, and we have never threatened to use force against any one of them. In spite of the fact that China is much, much stronger than even all of the countries combined. When it comes to China's relation with India along the line of agricultural control, the fact that both sides haven't to shoot at each other demonstrates that we still—I mean, both sides—still realize there is a line, there is a limit. So I don't believe all、uh, Asian partners are afraid of us. Look at the example. Recently, China and、uh, Japan, Korea, and ten ASEAN countries have come into agreement with RCEP, the largest agreement in the world. Actually, during the pandemic, Southeast Asia has become China's largest trading partner. So our relationship is not characterized by fear. On the topic of what values China can offer the world that are different from the Western set of values, Zhou Bo used the Belt and Road Initiative as an example to elaborate on China's contribution to global development. When China talks about international order, we just believe.、Uh, We are part of the international system. China has joined almost all the international treaties, organizations, or institutions. So China would like to consult with everybody how the world of tomorrow should look like. China doesn't have a specific or exclusive idea about how an international order should look like. If you look at the, anything done by China, maybe the most impressive one in practice is China's Belt and Road Initiative. Right, because it is the largest mega project in human history. But what is it? China tend to consider is simply a project of infrastructure. Whether you Western media, you would find so much political, strategic ramifications. Actually, it's not that complicated. If anybody say that is a trap, would you spend trillions of dollars to lay such a trap? Would you? So that is impossible. And second thing, China also wants to make money. The Belt and Road Initiative means to be mutually beneficial. Third, it will take many generations to accomplish it because it's so big. So this is、uh, the contribution from a developing country like China to the world. Beautiful roads lead to good life. So that is China's experience. So this is what we have offered the world. It's not a secret. Well. That was China Forum expert Zhou Bo, former director of the Center for Security Cooperation in the Office for International Military Cooperation. Thank you for listening.